Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled Precious Memories. once went into a jewelry shop in Paris to purchase a ring. The jeweler brought out a tray of rings for him to inspect and from which to make his selection. As he was looking them over, the jeweler showed a man a curious medieval ring of the finest gold and workmanship. 
It was so fabricated on the inside of the band there was a tiny claw of a lion, but so finely cut that it did not irritate the finger when the ring was put on. The man slipped the ring on his finger and made some comment about it, then handed it back to the jeweler. After purchasing a ring for himself, he returned home. That night he felt a numbness in his hand, and then his arm, and at length his whole side seemed to be paralyzed. A doctor was summoned, and after examining the man, said that he had all the symptoms of poisoning. But the man could think of no way in which he had been poisoned. Then the physician discovered a slight scratch on the finger of the paralyzed hand, and the man remembered the medieval ring he had seen that day at the jewelry store. Investigation showed that this was one of the rings that the cruel heads of the Italian states of that age made use of when they wished to get rid of an enemy. In the tiny claw of the lion was a duck which was filled with the deadliest poison. The ring would be presented to the victim as a gift. Sometime afterward, the one who had given him the ring would salute him in a friendly fashion and taking his hand would press in a way that drove the tiny claw of the lion into the skin and thus inject the poison. In a short time, the man would die. Thus, 400 years after the ring had been made, it still had the power to kill. So it is with sin. It is just as powerful today as it ever was, and it still brings death. There is only one remedy, and that is the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that alone can forgive sin and wash out its stain. Just as sin still has the power to bring certain death, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ still has the power to wash away that sin. Listen now as Larry Grable sings for us this beautiful song entitled, Down Deep in the Sea. My sins have been cast in the depths of the sea, down deep in the sea. So deep they shall never be brought against me, down deep in the sea. Down, 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 down in the depths of the sea. The sins of the past are all gone at last, down in the depths of the sea. My soul is rejoicing, my sins are all gone, down deep in the sea. I praise the dear Lord who has cast every one down deep in the sea. Down, 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 down in the depths of the sea. The sins of the past are all gone at last, down in the depths of the sea. sin's condemnation I now am released down deep in the sea and all of the dread of the past is now ceased down 
deep in the sea. Down, 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 down in the depths of the sea. The sins of the past are all gone at last. Down in the depths of the sea. You are listed during the morning which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altoonabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at area code 814-942-2131. Listen now as Randy Bickle plays for us at the piano this wonderful song, Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us.
It is said that praise is the only one of our present duties that will endure. We pray, but there will come a time when the last petition will be offered. We believe, but there will be a time when faith will give away to sight. But praise goes singing into heaven to transmit along the shores of eternity the song of the Lamb. Yet how seldom are our hearts really filled with praise. We are so prone to take things for granted. Some years ago in Germany, a young man laid on an operating table. A skilled surgeon stood near and a group of his students were around him. Bending over the patient, the surgeon said, My friend, if you wish to say anything before we administer the anesthetic, now is your last opportunity. For I must warn you, they will be the last words which you will ever utter in this world. The young man understood, for in the operation which was to follow, his tongue was to be removed because of a cancerous condition. What word should he choose for such an occasion? Some time passed, and then his lips parted, and at the sound of his voice, tears came into the eyes of almost all those present. The sentence was brief, but said with such meaning, Thank God, said the patient. Thank God for Jesus Christ, to have all earthly gifts, pleasures, and benefits without having the Lord Jesus Christ is a tragedy of eternal proportions. All thankful praise that can be in any way delight in the Father must arrive from the hearts that can first of all exclaim with Paul, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. God's word tells us to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises. You may say, but I can't sing. I haven't any talent. The Bible takes care of that excuse. In Psalm 100, the first verse reads, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It may not sound good to the ears of earthly musicians, but it will be music in God's ears. Listen now as John and Penny Harris sing for us a song entitled, Heavenly Love.
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is the Lord Jesus Christ 40-day Bible conference, the so-called Great Commission, Luke chapter 24, verses 47 to 49. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. What about Luke twenty four forty seven to 49? Preached in his name among all nations, yet beginning at Jerusalem. Tarry, wait in the city of Jerusalem to be endued with power from an eye. The message of repentance and remission of sins is for all nations, but beginning where? In the city of Jerusalem. The Lord Jesus Christ instructed them not to go out immediately, but to wait for the power. The power was the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, Speaking of John, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. On the day of Pentecost, the Lord Jesus Christ baptized the believing nation of Israel for power. This was a baptizing of power so the believing nation of Israel could testify to the unsaved nation concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. The baptism of Matthew 3.11 is not 1 Corinthians 12.13, Romans 6.3 and 4, Ephesians 4 and 5, Colossians 2.12 or Galatians 3.27. Those references are referring to the Holy Spirit baptizing believers at the moment of salvation into the church, the body of Christ. A leading fundamentalist who produced a one-volume commentary on the New Testament had this interpretation of 1 Corinthians 12.13. 
This fulfills Matthew 3.11, John 1.33, and Acts 1.5. How could 1 Corinthians 12.13 fulfill Matthew 3.11? In Matthew 3.11, the Lord Jesus Christ was going to baptize individuals with the Holy Spirit. And it was for power, Luke 24.49, power from on high. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, the Holy Spirit of God baptized the believer at the moment of their salvation, regeneration, into the body of Christ. This is positional truth. How could Matthew 3, 11 be equal to 1 Corinthians 12, 13? It can't. How could Luke 24, 49 be equal to 1 Corinthians 12, 13? It can't. But most definitely... Matthew 3.11, Luke 24.49, Acts 1.5 are referring to the same baptism, which is a baptism for power and not putting an individual into the body of Christ. John chapter 20, verse 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father sent me, even so send I you. An individual could read John 20, 21 and want this to be a theme for a missionary conference by emphasizing the action of the verb send. We understand about taking the message of salvation throughout the ends of the world. But what is the context? Remember, the interpretation, then application. What is the context, the interpretation, and application for this verse? Let's read the following verse of Scripture. John 20, verse 22 and 23. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. The word remit means to forgive, to surrender the right of punishing a crime, to pardon as a fault or a crime. The word retain, in Latin to hold, it means to hold or keep in possession, not to lose or part with or dismiss, to keep possession of. Do you understand and realize? The Lord Jesus Christ gave his apostles the power to forgive or retain, not to forgive sin. Yet these apostles were going to be given the indwelling Holy Spirit. The fact is clear. They had the power to remit and retain sin. And again, this would be in the context of John 20, 21, the so-called Great Commission. Let's consider two examples of this in the book of Acts. Ananias and his wife Sapphira, Acts 5, and Simeon in Acts 8. Ananias and Sapphira, Acts 5, Acts 5, verses 1 to 10. In verses 3 and 4, we read these words. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back a part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thy own after it was sold? Was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Ananias and Sapphira had sold the possession of land. They kept some of the money and given the remaining money to the apostles. Peter talked to them individually. Both of them lied about the amount they sold the possession for. Ananias died first, and about three hours later, Peter talked to Sapphira, who had lied about what they had sold the possession for. She also died. The apostle Peter did not remit, forgive their sin of lying, but rather he retained it held against them. 
Ananias and Sapphira were not saved individuals who had a momentary lapse of faith, but they were unbelievers trying to deceive their way into God's kingdom, the kingdom of God. Acts chapter eight verses twenty nine Acts chapter eight verses nine to twenty five. And I would encourage you to read this. We'll just read verse number twenty. Peter said to him, Simon, thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. And then in verse twenty two he tells him to repent. Simon was not a believer. He was an unsaved individual trying to give money to Peter to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter said, your heart is not right with God. Peter and John did not forgive his sin. It was retained. If you're going to say that the great commission for the church, the body of Christ, is found in John chapter 20, verse 21, what about verses 22 and 23? Do you or does anyone have the God-given power or right to forgive or retain sin? Remember, they were connected. Today in the dispensation of grace, no human being has the power to remit or retain sin. God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, has forgiven all of our sins. Yes, we're to be forgiving others, Ephesians 4.32, but not based on that authority given in John chapter 20, verses 22 and 23. We need to understand God's Word. We need to realize and understand the interpretation, then the application, not reversed. It is so important for us to understand that. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 13. His first message at Antioch of City was, And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you cannot be justified by the law of Moses. You never trust the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way of salvation is not by keeping the law. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Won't you believe and trust him right now, right where you're at, before it's eternally too late? been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus,